It was a very cruel scene. Executed in an unusual manner. Coven. Hello, my cute little beans. My name is Tori. I'm Katie. And this is Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. We are here. Here we are. <laughs> Thank you we are- and good night. <laughs> Thank you and good night. It's been real and it's been fun. But has it been real fun? I don't know. I guess we're about to find out. We're going to find out. Um, What a week. This week has been the length of a year. It it really has been, hasn't it? It really has. Um, you guys, I want you to know that Katie and I have become increasingly obsessed with that TikTok video <laughs> that we've showed you. <laughs> we cannot stop saying it. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I do. It's really, it's, it's, it's a really problem. Bad. It's a bad problem. Every single word that we think of reminds us of this TikTok video. Uh-huh. It's the weirdest creepiest vibe yeah i don't know why we like it you haven't seen it and you want to know what we're talking about just i'll send it i'll send that shit right over us we'll give it to you (laughs) it's it's really bordering on a weird obsession yeah and i don't know why we like it so much almost every day i send tori a voice memo of me just just talking just doing it doing the tiktok you guys it's so bad it's just but it's so bad that it's good it's so good we're we're sounding more and more like that we really are you guys we're gonna be them for halloween i guess it's from a like movie short from a long time ago i i don't know i I can't really find anything about it i don't know you guys but we just we've needed something to focus our brains on and that's what we chose that that is what we chose and that says a lot about us as human beings is it benefiting us no that's debatable before we forget, and I know that I will forget because I forget everything, I want to say a massive shout out to Ben. What Thanks up, for ben? becoming a Patreon member, Ben. Thank you. Um, ben, Ben, we are super excited to have you. Thank you for supporting us. It means the world and it helps us keep doing what we're doing. And um, if you listen to our bloopers on Patreon, Ben, um, and you thought there was like a little bit of normalcy. <laughs> Katie talks about her pelvic floor in the new combo before the convo probably i don't think even for the first time i think in the bloopers from last week we were talking about pelvic floor therapy why do we talk about pelvic floor all the time a body's a body we all we all got a body a body's a body a body's a body's a body um shout out for my day job because we do pelvic floor there i feel like i'm gonna go first for the articles today all right what do you think okay. i think yeah great okay. sock it to me i'm actually going to tell you about an article that you sent me (laughs) are you ready Hmm, i'm ready so this article is from wcsjnews.com what do you know yeah i know you guys so this is our locale radio station Mm -hmm. real quick a little note about them just a little note you know how sometimes they will post articles yeah but it will be voice clips because they interview people. Oh, okay. Um, in the article, instead of typing up, it's it's voice clips with people that have the information that are relaying it. Okay. And people in the comments, because you know Facebook, yeah, will be like, "Oh, they're too lazy to, to type up and write a real article." I'm like, they're a radio station, right? <laughs> they use microphones, right? They're not journalists. <laughs> what? Like, why are people <laughs> like stop? You guys, why are people stop. so critical? Let's not nitpick. God, you don't Hit the just play because button. you're sitting behind your screen <laughs> doesn't mean you get to be an asshole. <laughs> stop it. And you know what? Even if they were journalists. That's what they're doing. They're using they're using yeah. a microphone. So there. That is our PSA. <laughs> so there. On the local <laughs> on the local WCSJ news. So there. The biggest thing. problem we have in Morris besides this guy you're gonna talk about. All right, let's mm-hmm. go. Come on. Okay. This is all a direct quote. Okay. Former Elwood mayor charged with traveling to meet child for sex purposes in Grundy County. Mm. You guys, Elwood, the Elwood mayor. Elwood is right down the road from us. Yeah. Just an FYI. Yep. A Grundy County grand jury indicted a Will County man on a sex charge on Wednesday, March 3rd. Todd Matichak, 62. So he was charged with traveling to meet a minor, a Class 3 felony, in case you didn't know. The Grundy County Sheriff's Office said a citizen posing to be a child using Kick Messenger, which is a computer online service, to chat with Matichak several times over numerous months in early 2020. (sighs) 
The citizen posing as a child then arranged to meet Matichak and Diamond, which is right down the road, Mm -hmm. for the purpose of engaging in a sex act. The meeting occurred on June 19th of 2020. 2020. 2020. Investigators say the citizen was able to capture the meeting on camera and that they were able to obtain Matichak's vehicle information. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if this is like those YouTube videos. I really think so. The article goes on to say that after several months of investigation by the sheriff's office, charges against Matichak were filed on Wednesday, so March 3rd. Mm-hmm. Matichak was mayor from April from April of 2017 until December of that same year. So he wasn't even mayor that long. Oh, no. I wonder what happened there. I'm sure something. Huh. Police officials say Matichak is currently wanted on a $2,000 bond. Oh, they don't have him? I guess not. I didn't get that far. Yeah, neither did I. Whoa. That's crazy, right? So Dude. he must have fled or something. Yeah. What a dirty man. Scum. Dirty, bag. dirty, dirty man. You're 62 years old. Yeah. And you're trying to engage. Number one, you're 62 and you're on Kick Messenger. <laughs> yeah. Grow I'm up. Sorry. <laughs> Grow up, Todd. Number two, you are preying mm-hmm. on what you think is a child. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Despicable. There's no good reason why he couldn't have gone on FarmersOnly.com. Farmers Only is perfect for this area. For I'm serious. I know. I'm sorry. I just think it's fucking gross, grody, disgusting. Mm-hmm. And there's no excuse to prey on a child. No. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but Katie does, obviously. But I am addicted to watching, like... <laughs> videos online mm-hmm. about like um citizens who will go and catch predators yeah yeah and i've always wanted to do it i want to be uh-huh. undercover who takes it into my own hands legally and in, in a way that's legal yeah to catch these fucking scummy predators yeah and turn them over to law enforcement Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that. I would so I'm love to be obsessed with that. watching videos. Tell me if you're going to do it because it's it's very unsafe. Yeah, I'll have to tell you. <laughs> I don't want you to go out <laughs> and meet the mayor alone, okay? <laughs> I'll tell don't. you, Katie. If I decide to start something like this, I will tell you, Katie. All right. And you will know when I go. All right. I'm. You know I'm going to go with you. So. Yes, you will. All right. My article is from abc7chicago.com. It is, once again, not from Chicago. But the headline is, Houston woman accused of buying homes, Land Rover, Chanel items in alleged $3.7 million PPP scam. Okay. This is written by Mayra Moreno. A 37-year-old Houston woman is being accused of buying dozens of luxury items using CARES Act money. Yikes. The Justice Department indicted 37-year-old LaDonna Wiggins with bank fraud, making a false statement to a bank, and money laundering. According to a statement issued on Tuesday, Wiggins submitted two Paycheck Protection Program loan applications and received more than $3.6 million. The charges allege Wiggins used the money to make personal purchases including two homes, multiple vehicles, and luxury goods. The Justice Department lists some of the purchases as nearly $725,000 for homes in Katy and Cyprus, $78,000 for a 2020 Land Rover, and a $63,000 purchase at Chanel. Other purchases listed $63,000? Yeah, at Chanel. I'm sorry. Yeah. Other purchases listed by officials include $46,000 at Neiman Marcus and $14,000 at Apple. What did she buy goddamn 14 MacBooks? Honestly. Wiggins appeared before a U.S. magistrate on Tuesday. If convicted, Wiggins faces up to 30 years in federal prison and a possible $1 million maximum fine. Dear God. Yeah. I'm sorry, but why? That's not what you do. No. If you need the loan for help, use the loan for help. You don't get to go to Chanel and spend no. 70 grand. No. Or no. 87 MacBooks. That's not what it's it for. How, that's that's not how, no. how it And works. two houses? Oh, truly, why? Two houses and a brand new Range Rover, Land Rover, whatever. The same whatever thing. Rover. Red Rover, but Red Rover. Damn. Victoria. Kadia. Are you ready for... Your question of the day slash week. I'm ready. This is from at Allie Ann. Okay. 
I'm sorry. So are you Allie or are you Anne? <laughs> are Whichever you, Allie? you are, welcome. Welcome, We're Allie. glad you're here and thanks for the question. They say, if you could have the power to read minds, but also if other people could read yours, would you want it? No. 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 Hell to the no. 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 Nobody no. should know what's going I on I would in be here. tarred and feathered, I think. I don't know what would become of me, <laughs> but I just know that no one should be inside here. Uh-uh. I don't want to be inside for here. For your own personal safety, you don't ask for it. <laughs> Truly. All right? Do not enter at your own risk. That's really? all I'm going to say. I'm enter. not responsible. And for your injuries or your hurt feeling. That might might have been the quickest answer to to a QOTDW. The answer is simply thus far. No. 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 Didn't even need an explanation. All right. So you guys, the next two episodes are going to be a little bit different than our normal episodes. Mm -hmm. We have never before interviewed a family member and put it on the air. Right. And that is what we're going to be doing. So I'll just tell you a little bit of the backstory. A couple of weeks ago, we received an email from Doug Laner, and that is Rebecca Zahau's brother-in-law. I will get into who Rebecca Zahau is in a moment. But so we get the email from, from Doug, and he's asking if we would ever consider talking about Rebecca's case. Mm-hmm. Immediately, we know the name Rebecca Sahal. Right. We've both looked into her case before. We've both watched documentaries on her. So I was like, of course, we'd actually talked about covering her case before. Mm-hmm. So I, I immediately replied back to Doug and we set up a phone call. I talked to him the next day for like an hour and a half. And we talked all about Rebecca and who she was as a person and what happened to her. And then ultimately we decided that we were going to do a video chat. We talked to Doug last Wednesday and not in this episode, but in next week's episode, you're going to hear from him how everything unfolded. Mm Mm-hmm. All of this is going to make much more sense once I explain to you that today and next week, I will be talking to you about the incredibly strange death of Rebecca Zahal. Let's dive in. Rebecca's death has ultimately been ruled a suicide, but it's just so incredibly, undeniably strange. Mm -hmm. There is something about Rebecca's death that has just really pulled at me, and I'm sure you too, from the moment that I learned about it years ago. And it wasn't just us who were like, oh, this is really strange. Because her family also believes that there are very, very unbelievable things about her case. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do first, just to make everything as clear and to make sure everything flows as well as it possibly can, is first I'm going to dive into what is more widely known about the case, okay? Mm-hmm. And then next week, we're going to be talking with Doug and getting the family's point of view on the day that Rebecca passed away and everything that has unfolded since. In particular, what they've done to advocate for Rebecca and how us as well as our listeners can help. Mm-hmm. First, though. I want to take us all the way back to the beginning. You guys know that I really enjoy talking about who people were aside from just what happened to them. Mm -hmm. I like to tell you guys who these people were before this ultimate event happened to them. Right. So Rebecca Sahal was born on March 15th of 1979 in Phelan, Burma. Just an FYI, Burma is now known as Myanmar as of 1989. I had no idea about that. It's just something as I was researching that I saw. Mm -hmm. There are a few different sources out there that claim that Rebecca was a Protestant faith, but I actually spoke to her family and she identified as Christian. Religion played a very, very big part in her entire family's life. I want to talk a little bit about her family first before I just start naming people off and, Mm -hmm. and expecting you to know who they are. Okay. So Rebecca had three sisters, Mary, Snowam, and Zena. And then she had two brothers, Joey and Solomon. And then, of course, her parents, Pari and Robert. In Burma, so when they were still in Burma, mm-hmm. Rebecca's family were considered royalty. Rebecca's dad was supposedly, like, on the wrong side of the political party. So they ended up fleeing from Burma. There's an entire backstory to this, um, but I feel like it's not exactly my story to tell. Right. So... I'm just giving you the condensed version here. But just know that her family fled Burma and they actually ended up in Nepal first and then Germany and then Austria. I guess that's where she went to Bible college. Rebecca actually went to Calvary Bible College. Oh, okay. 
Rebecca was actually even able to speak a total of six languages. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I I didn't know that. I can't speak one. Barely. No. She was incredibly, incredibly intelligent. Part of Rebecca's family ultimately settled in Missouri, but it wasn't without a lot of traveling in between there, going from, you know, Burma to Nepal to Germany to Austria. It's just so much that they had to go through in order to finally make it to the United States and finally plant roots in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Mary was actually the first to leave from Germany, and then Rebecca followed her. Two of her siblings, two of Rebecca's siblings, Snowum and Solomon, ended up staying and planted their own roots in Germany. But her brother Joey, her sister Zena, and her parents Pari and Robert moved in with Mary and her husband Doug in Missouri. Okay. Got it. Continuing on about Rebecca, she was an incredibly positive person. She was someone who was overly into giving hugs. I found that out from Doug. (laughs) Her brother-in-law, Doug, said that um, she would always be like, come here, come in for a hug. And yeah. Doug and Mary are not huggers, but obviously yeah. they would always hug her. But it was just something that he remembered about her that stood out to him. Mm-hmm. He also told me that he never saw Rebecca have a temper or lash out. Wow. He was like, I'm sure that it was possible. We're mm-hmm. all human, right? But he never, ever saw that happen with her. Huh. She was just very even keeled, yeah. even tempered. Um, and just so positive and radiant in that way. She sounds like an angel. Honestly, right? Doug said that when she would complain about a situation, which wasn't often, she wasn't a complainer. She, when she would complain, it she wasn't someone to be like, oh, poor me. Mm-hmm. But instead, she was someone who would try to get down to the root cause of a problem, like something that was bothering her. She wanted to know why. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, poor me. I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to do anything about this. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. I'm going to change it. She thought strategically about why things were the way they were and how she could change the problem that she was faced with. It's not that she was carefree, her family says, but she did pick and choose the things that she wanted to spend her time and attention on. Mm -hmm. And she gave her entire heart to those things. She had an eye for painting and she also really enjoyed expressing her creativity on canvas. She also loved being active. This was like one of her main things was she was such a health nut. That Mm -hmm. is how Doug describes her. She enjoyed working out outdoors, like hiking and running outside, but she also worked out in the gym daily as well. She viewed and referred to her body as a temple, and she ate healthy and took care of herself as a result of that. It's obvious that Rebecca was a head turner. Like if you see photos of her online, she she was a beautiful, beautiful woman. Stunning. Honestly. But aside from her physical looks, she was just an amazing person. And that is how her family remembers her. Mm-hmm. That's how her friends remember her. She was just, she just had this like undeniable natural beauty about her. But it wasn't just the beauty on the outside. It was definitely inside as well. She had an incredible disposition. And she was just one of those people that you meet and you're like, okay, yes, this person is a really, really good person. Yeah. You can just, you know. It's a vibe, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like a vibe. You, you know. It's a whole vibe. You know when someone's a good person or not. You yeah. have a feeling about them. Mm-hmm. And people said that Rebecca just gave them a, a safe feeling. Yeah. Rebecca and her sister Mary. Now, Mary is Doug's wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Doug is the one that you guys will be hearing from later in the episode. So the two of them had an incredibly close relationship. It's safe to say that they really inspired each other to be better and to do better. And they were always striving to do more and to achieve more. Mary ran a marathon. And then Rebecca was like, well, I need to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. So then they both (laughs) ran marathons. Like, I'm sorry, you're just out there running a marathon. I can't even run to my mailbox. <laughs> no. So Rebecca's local gym was in Phoenix. And the owner actually even requested to use her as a model for the gym that he owned. Ooh. Doug told me that he could have swore that she was on a billboard, but he yeah. can't find any of that. But it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. She was on marketing material. Yeah, that's pretty Whether cool. it be a billboard or a, a flyer or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing yeah, that she was asked to be on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rebecca was actually even going to start doing bodybuilding competitions. Her brother-in-law, Doug, described it as less of bodybuilding and more of this, like, 
um, body sculpting. Mm-hmm. It's not those really large, large muscles, but more physically fit, smaller proportionally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like a, yeah. a happy medium, right. if you will. There's an organization called the North American Natural Bodybuilding Federation. It's for short, the NANBF. This is an organization that actually tests the competitors prior to competition for steroids, drugs, etc. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll talk more about this towards the end of the episode and about how her sister Mary has gone on to honor Rebecca's legacy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in 2002, Rebecca married a man by the name of Neil Nalepa. Neil was a nursing student living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and he was 36 years old at the time of their marriage. It's said that Neil had chemical dependency issues as well as nonviolent outbursts. Okay. It isn't known if the outbursts ever became violent, if they ever became physical with he and Rebecca, but I was informed that there were violent tendencies. It's also said that Neil messed around on her a lot. He looked at or watched porn at times, and Rebecca wasn't a fan of it. She just didn't enjoy her husband looking at porn yeah there are certain boundaries in a relationship that you just you have to agree on right exactly if you're fine with your spouse looking at porn that's great if not then you shouldn't be looking at porn right it's called mutual respect exactly the marriage between neil and rebecca was definitely rocky to say the least it kind of ended up being like a like you do your thing i'll do my thing we'll figure things out later yeah Ultimately, Neil and Rebecca ended up divorcing in February of 2011. But back in 2008, Rebecca had met a man by the name of Jonah Shackney, which you probably are very familiar with. Mm -hmm. When Jonah came in for an eye appointment at her place of work, the two met and they really hit it off. Jonah was the CEO of a company called Medicis Pharmaceutical. The company was based out of New Jersey, and it was apparently known for its Botox type of product. Like, that's what I can compare it to is Botox. Okay. They had products for wrinkles and acne, skincare, things like that. Jonah was apparently the, quote unquote, ninth highest paid CEO in Arizona. He earned an estimated $6.4 million by 2010. Wow. By the time Jonah and Rebecca were able to actually start dating, Jonah had been married and divorced twice. His first marriage was to a woman named Kimberly James, and Jonah and Kimberly reportedly fought in court for right around three years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were fighting over custody issues for their two children. Okay. Jonah married again, and this time it was to a woman named Dina Romano. The two had a son named Max, Max Shackney, who was born on June 7th of 2005. Jonah and Dina also ended up divorcing, which brings us to the relationship that he had with Rebecca Sahau. Okay. I want to talk about the first incident, which is unbelievably tragic Mm -hmm. and just awful and sad, before we get into everything that unfolded with Rebecca. Rebecca and Jonah were living at what is considered the famous Spreckles Mansion in Coronado, California. The Spreckles Mansion was used as a summer type of home. They were planning to be there from Memorial Day to Labor Day or right around there. So do you had you heard of the Spreckles Mansion prior to any of this? No, only in regards to this case. Okay, so there may be people out there who don't know about the Spreckles Mansion. I did just Google it to see what it looked like. Yeah, it's massive, right? Yeah, it's very picturesque. California. It's uh, California summed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's in Coronado, like I said, and it's 10 bedrooms. It's a beach house. It's right on the beach and it sits on three different lots. Okay. It's said to be one of the most historic homes on the island. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. It was actually built over like right around or right over a century ago by, quote-unquote, the richest man in San Diego at that time. Well, hey, hey, hey. John D. Spreckles. Oh, my, my, my. But anywho, so the incident that occurred with Max, Mm -hmm. July 11th, 2011, Rebecca and her 13-year-old sister, Zena, and Jonah's six-year-old son, Max, were at the Spreckles mansion. Jonah was out. He wasn't in the home. Some people say that he at the time that all of this happened, was at the gym or going to the gym. Okay. Now, Zena didn't live there with them. She was just visiting. She was in town. Mm-hmm. So it's said that Max was playing on the second floor of the mansion when he had some kind of accident that resulted in him falling over the banister <sighs> and down from the second floor onto the first floor, taking with him the chandelier that hung from God. the ceiling. 
I already knew that and just hearing it gave me this stomach pit. Mm-hmm. I hate it. It's just like you think <sighs> about it happening to you. Anytime yeah. you hear about a tragedy like that and you have children, you think about like, that's what you think about. That's what your mind goes to. Mm-hmm. And it's devastating to yeah. think about. Horrible. Just to be in their shoes, yeah. you know. I can't even, I, I just, I can't think about it for too long because my mind just goes into really bad, yeah. dark holes. So Rebecca and Zena did not observe the fall. Neither of them were by him when this happened. Okay. There are people that think maybe Max just got too close to the banister. Some people think maybe he was being a little six-year-old daredevil and he was messing around on the banister, climbing on it. Some theorize that he was riding his scooter and he went over the edge because the scooter also ended up down there by his body. Oh, okay. We don't know. Did it fall over with him? Was it already down there? You can't know for sure. It's also reported that he said the word ocean before losing consciousness. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not positive on that. But Ocean was Rebecca's Weimaraner dog. Oh, okay. Some people think that maybe the dog, like, scurried in his way or something. So he, oh. like, tried to divert. Maybe. And he fell. Yeah. There, It's just not known. But anyway, so they think maybe he, like, took a wrong turn with his scooter because he didn't want to run over the dog and mm-hmm. he went over the edge. It just... We're never going to know. Right. Maybe he did get the dog's tail a little bit. Right. Do those types of dogs have tails? Don't know. I don't know, but maybe he felt bad. Never know. Nipped the tail with his little scooter tire. Yeah, maybe he like, was maybe he was worried that Ocean fell over too. Yeah. And so he was wondering where Ocean was. Ocean. Isn't that terrible? A terrible uh, thought. Oh. Yeah. So right away it said that Rebecca kept repeating, like, for the next considerate amount of time, Dina's going to kill me. Because oh, yeah. that Matt so just a little refresher Dina is Max's mom mm-hmm. and a, that's a natural thought I would think to have oh yeah like I've thought of yeah I've thought of that for far less reasons than that happening yeah you know right so immediately Rebecca and Zena both rushed to Max's side and Zena called 911 while Rebecca tried to resuscitate Max there is a very very poorly recorded um, call of it out there like mm-hmm. a recording of the re- the recording yeah um, but it's not good enough for the video and it just basically says hey this is where we are yeah please get here there's a little boy he's not breathing mm-hmm. or something along those lines they quickly assess that the situation is incredibly dire mm-hmm. and they end up taking max by ambulance to the local hospital which is Rady's children's hospital max had been unresponsive and he wasn't breathing not on his own mm. And medical professionals started life-saving protocol right away, and Max ended up being put on life support so his body could try and heal. However, he had a very, 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 very long way to go. They needed to do image testing and x-rays to see the extent of his damage from the fall. Um, Also, it said that while they were waiting for, it didn't take long for the ambulance to get there, but while they were waiting and while Zena was on call to 911, Rebecca was also trying to resuscitate him. Right, yeah. One of the biggest concerns that Max's physicians had right off the bat was how much brain damage he had from not Mm, breathing on his own. Baby. I know. Um, But I'll get back to that in a bit. So there are some reports out there that said that Jonah reached out to Adam, informed him of Max's accident, and then Adam ended up getting on a plane to California. However... What I was told by the family was that Adam said that his dad notified him about Max's accident and that he decided to call Rebecca. He arranged his flight. And Adam denied talking to Jonah before arriving in San Diego. Okay. Jonah also said he did not tell Adam to come out. Okay. So that's there's a little bit of discrepancies yeah. there because yeah. there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of YouTube videos and things and and documentaries even that say that Jonah reached out to Adam and had him come out. Okay. So switching lanes back over to Max and in the hospital, when he first started having tests conducted, it was concluded that Max sustained injuries to his spinal cord as well as his facial bones. His injuries left him struggling to breathe on his own and also altered his heart rate. Mm. Jonah and Max's mother, Dina, both went to be by Max's bedside, obviously, as soon as they were both informed of his accident. Dina also had her sister, Nina, being updated as much as possible. That's Max's aunt. Dina and Nina are twin sisters, and this comes up later, just briefly in the case. 
Okay, so Adam Shackney. This is the first time that we're really talking about Mr. Adam Shackney. Mr. Adam, okay. Mm-hmm. So Adam is Jonah's brother. So he boards a flight from Memphis, Tennessee to be near Jonah and Max. And it just so worked out that Rebecca was bringing Zena, remember, her little sister, back to the airport to go home to Missouri in light of everything that had been going on. Obviously, she didn't think it was the best time for Zena to be out there visiting. Right. So Rebecca ended up actually picking Adam up from the airport. So she drops Zena off, she waits, and she picks Adam up. Okay. That night, Jonah, Rebecca, and Adam ended up getting dinner together. Some reports say that Rebecca stayed in the car while this happened. Hmm. It probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things with everything that happened. Um, But some people say that she actually went in and ate too. It just, we don't know. Mm -hmm. We're not sure. Jonah had been staying at Max's bedside or at the local Ronald McDonald house that they had. Mm -hmm. So after dinner, it said that Rebecca and Adam dropped Jonah back off there. And then Rebecca and Adam went back to the Sparkles Mansion. Here's where I want to get very specific with the timeline of how things went down. So Rebecca and Adam arrived back at the mansion for the night. Mary had been talking to Rebecca that night between the hours of 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Mary let Rebecca know that their sister Zena arrived back in Missouri safely. Nina Romano, so Dina's twin sister, mm-hmm. actually sent a text message to Rebecca at 10.48 p.m. Now this is the night of July 12th. Nina had asked if Rebecca would come over or meet up with her to discuss Max's accident. Okay. But Rebecca didn't ever reply. Max was still alive at this time, so he's alive still. But he's still in the coma that he had been in this whole time since the accident happened. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Adam Shackney. He's a tugboat captain. Oh. Or at least he was at that time. Okay. Who knows what he's doing now. He operated in or, or around the Memphis, Tennessee area. Okay. He's much more rough around the edges than Jonah. So you saw, you looked up a picture of Jonah. I did. Um, but Adam was much more like, so, okay, let's just say. Oh, yeah, jo- they do kind of look like polar opposites. Yeah. So Jonah okay. wore suits. Adam wore jeans. Yeah. Jonah had a lot of Botox. Adam didn't. It was like he came from a different world almost. Like if you looked at the two of them side by side, you would not think that they ran. They don't even look related. No. Really. Mm-mm. Rebecca's family informed me that Adam actually offered Rebecca an Ambien that night before the two of them separated and went into their. So Adam was staying in the guest house separate from the sparkles completely cut off yeah not attached at all exactly it was not attached to the main house Uh but it was right there like kind of like in the court across the courtyard type Mm -hmm. of deal from it okay rebecca obviously turned down the ambient she as we said before she was very careful about what she put into her body right yeah so they go their separate ways all is well or so we all think Mm -hmm. but the next thing that we know for sure after they split because we don't know anything else, is that a 911 call was placed by Adam Shackney at 6.48 a.m. on July 13th, 2011.
when you listen to that was he saying hold her down i don't know i don't think so that's kind of what it sounded like okay um there are some people who say that there's there was a third there was another voice in there mm-hmm. um and that's like a whole other it's probably just two thing yeah yeah there's a lot of like background and, and interference but uh. there's more on that later okay um also, why isn't he using names? It's like he doesn't know I was just going to say people. something like that. So, first of all, he's not using names. So, he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't even say, like, my my brother's girlfriend hung herself. He just yeah. he says, I got a girl yeah. hung herself. That sounds very, that seems very. Very but, detached. I mean, me. then again, if I've never been in a situation yeah, you don't like know. that. You don't know, but yeah. But that did seem very just, just yeah, detached, like you yeah. said. Yeah. I agree. Um, and why? Okay, so you don't know the address. That's I, understandable. Maybe, right? Maybe you wouldn't know the address. That's yeah. fine. But then just say Spreckles Mansion. Everybody yeah. there would know who, where the Spreckles Mansion exactly. is. It's, it's a famous mansion. Right. So that stood out a little bit as weird to me. Um, Adam said later on, he said that he came out of the guest house to go into the main house to get himself a cup of coffee that he had just woken up, and that. He saw Rebecca's naked body hanging from a balcony over the courtyard. Not only was Rebecca naked, but she was also bound and gagged Mm. and hanging from a red rope. That is how he found her, according to him. Horrific. It's mortifying, Mm -hmm. really. First responders, EMTs, police officers, everyone arrives on the scene where Rebecca is now laying on the ground in the courtyard under where she had reportedly been hanging. No one aside from Adam saw her hanging. Not one person ever came forward and said that they saw her hanging. Mm -hmm. He said that he had cut her down so he could try and resuscitate her. Was the rest of the rope still Yes, it it was still hanging there. Okay. Adam supposedly sent a text message to Jonah and and informed him that Rebecca was dead. Mm. 
So as you can imagine, the the scene blows up very, very quickly. Yeah. So like I said, the paramedics are there, the EMTs, the, the cops, the authorities, detectives. Um, paramedics at the scene tried to do CPR, but it was abundantly clear that Rebecca was already deceased as rigor mortis had already started to set in. Mm. And that is where we are ending this week's episode. Okay. Next week, we are going to talk about the crime scene, what was found at the crime scene, what was not found at the crime scene. Mm -hmm. We will be talking about the autopsy. I will be reading you directly from the autopsy that Rebecca had done. I will be telling you about a very strange note that the police say is a suicide note painted onto the door Mm -hmm. in that bedroom. And we're going to hear from Doug about what wasn't done, done wrong maybe, what was withheld... Allegedly. All of that, allegedly. Yeah. All of that's coming next week. All so. of that will be here next week. This was just kind of like your introductory episode, mm-hmm. but we're going to really start breaking down piece by piece everything next week. Yeah. Right here on the podcast, we will be hearing from Doug. We're actually going to get an inside look at what unfolded for the family yeah. on the day that Rebecca passed away as well mm-hmm. and kind of what their day looked like step by step. From the moment that Doug got the call that Rebecca had been found naked, bound, gagged, hanging mm-hmm. at the Spreckles Mansion. Ooh, that it's very—it's such a heavy, 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 heavy subject. Yeah. Um, that it's so hard to transition out of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I know that you guys want to hear reading, watching, and listening, and and it wouldn't be important. an episode without it. It wouldn't be an episode you know? without it. And we're going to get right back into Rebecca Zahau and everything that unfolded next week. So make sure that you don't miss that episode. But for now, we will move on temporarily until next week with reading, (laughs) watching, and listening. What do you got for me? What's going on? What's the haps? Oh, God. What's the what? The haps. The haps. Oh, that's new. That's new for me. (laughs) I am... What am I doing? I'm reading The Wife Upstairs. Yeah. Are you almost done? Nah. I think I'm on chapter 10 or 11, maybe 12. Okay. Maybe 20. I mean, it I depends really don't on know. how long the chapters are. That could be almost done. Truly. But I you think I probably know. still have a couple good chunks of time left. Yeah. I've also been having a lot of crazy dreams lately because I've weaned down on, on accident from my anxiety medication well, and a n- nightmares is a free a entertainment. I mean, honestly, yeah, because I think they normally suppress dreams and nightmares. Oh, I don't so know. Now that I'm not on as much. Oh, boy. I've been having yeah. the weirdest dreams. I would tell you one on here. Oh, I told you a little bit of it, Marilyn Manson, but I even censored <laughs> yeah. some of it from you. Oh, did you? Um, but Shit. I'm not going to say it on here. I don't censor anything. From I know you. you don't. I really should tell um, you, but it's it's really it's very graphic. <laughs> uh, Just God. send me a voice memo later if you I, can't say it to my face. I will. Um, let's see. So that's what I'm reading. I'm watching nothing. Right? Am I watching anything? I don't know. I don't think I'm watching anything. You too. I. Yeah, I am listening to that Therapy Thoughts podcast. Still listening to some episodes. Um, I haven't listened to like any of our true crime ones lately. Oh, well, I have. Okay, good. So you talk about your, you said that you have a lot going on for your reading, watching, listening. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening. Okay. So I listen to The Fall Line. I goddamn love The Fall Line. You do love them. You talk about them before. Yeah, they're very serious, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it's serious subject matter. Um, they do marginalized cases from, usually from the South, but they're kind of branching out. So the one that I listened to recently was um, Georgia Lee Moses from Petaluma, California. Mm. And and it just, it made me think because everybody knows Polly Class from Petaluma, California, the little girl that was taken from her sleepover yes. and murdered. But nobody knows Georgia Moses. No yeah. one knows that name. I didn't know that name. A 12-year-old little girl killed and discarded on the side of the road like trash. Oh, God. Today, I listened to the new My Favorite Murder about the White House farm murders. Very oh, good. I feel like I've heard of them. Interesting. It's mm-hmm. in the UK. It happened in the UK in the 80s. Yeah. Like a whole family just taken out horrible but I had never heard that story before so that was interesting um I really have been also liking I said that out of order but whatever (laughs) um 
True Crime Chronicles. I think I've mentioned them before. They are short episodes, so they're like mm-hmm. like 24 minutes, 22 minutes, but they are actual journalists, and they talk to other journalists that have covered these cases all over the country. And I listened to one about the... It's My called, God, you are on a roll with the yeah. pod listening. No, it's, I'm talk, it's the same podcast. Oh. And I listened to an episode of them, of True Crime Chronicles, called The Nursing Home Killer. And it's about a guy named Billy Shamirmir. He has been accused of murdering elderly women in nursing homes and in their, like, like apartments and stealing their jewelry. And God. he could be one of the most prolific serial killers we've ever had in the United States. Nobody knows about this. I mean, really? not nobody, but yeah. not many people know about this. Yeah, I've heard like, of other nursing yeah, home killers. In, in, like, as far as, like, the number of victims. Yeah. One of the most prolific. And he hasn't been to trial yet. What the This fuck? was pretty recent. So Wow. And I also listened to the True Crime Chronicles episode about Amber Hagerman, the little girl whose abduction and murder started the Amber Alerts and the sex offender registries. Sure. And I I knew that story, but I had never heard from her. Like, her her mom's on there. Oh, wow. In an interview. And, oh, my God. It fucking hurts to hear that. Could you imagine? No. And I've listened to a lot of Let's Not Meet. That one's really fun for me. I do listen to that sporadically here yeah, and there. I just like it. It's just, it's just kind of like, like a, a, a little short spurt of adrenaline. Yeah. You know? And Andrew Tate's voice is really calming it's to me soothing. like butter. Mm-hmm. I also listen to Swindled about the Pepsi scam. Oh, the sweepstakes scam. Yeah. I had no idea they were rioting and I didn't everything know that. about that. I had no idea. That was like in 1992. Um, and also, I finished watching Tell Me Your Secrets. So fucking good. Oh, you finished it? I finished it. Uh, I think there's like, I don't, 10 episodes What channel maybe. is it on again? It's on Amazon Video. Oh, Amazon, Amazon Video. Prime. That's right. So good. You would like it, I think. It's like the fucking atmosphere that I love. And Lily Rabe, so she plays a woman who was dating a serial killer. They were caught. She goes to prison for a little bit. She gets out and goes into witness protection. This isn't spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. And um, she can't remember if she had anything to do with any of the murders or not. Oh, yikes. And there's also a mother whose daughter has been missing, and she knows that her daughter was a victim of these people, of the guy at least. Yeah, sure. She can't prove it. There was never any body found. So she's after the truth. The girlfriend who was just out of prison can't remember the truth it's really good it sounds really good. another whole thing going on with like a children's home and it sounds good it sounds really good. really good and i started a new book called it's called not that i could tell by jessica strasser i've read that have you i think it's kind of like the fr- all i know so far i'm only a few chapters in but it's like the friend group and one of them goes missing yeah twins with her wait hang on i gotta look at this now okay because i know that <laughs> It's because I have it right here. Oh, it's right there. That's why. <laughs> have you? Do you? I haven't started it reading yet. it. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't started it yet. I That's all I know so birthday. far. It's like kind of like Big Little Lies esque. It seemed like, like it. Yeah, like That's, the the mom friend group. And, yeah, the blurb yeah. was really good. That's why I mm-hmm. asked for it for my birthday. Well, the audiobook on Chirp is only like two ninety nine right now. That's so. not bad at all. Yeah, it's much so. easier for me to listen to audiobooks than this read. one's a little robotic. Is it? A, it's not bad. Yeah. It's doable. Yeah. But it's a little bit robotic, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just, I don't get a chance to listen to them very, listen to yeah, me. I, I listen don't... to 55 podcasts, but I can't listen to an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> Do I just not want to? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but that's it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, I'm really, you. I'm really, really, really excited about next week's episode, you guys, because mm-hmm. you'll actually get to hear from Doug. We will talk about Paul Holes. Who we know we all love. I'm just fanning myself. Yeah. We're going to talk about Rebecca and how you can help her family get the justice that they deserve and that she deserves. Yeah. And we're also going to be talking about an app that we love that you guys know that we love that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. But we're going to save it for next week. We're going to save it. The app's crime door. <laughs> okay, you guys, I think that we should probably tell them where they can find us. You can find us on Instagram at Cruel and Unusual the Pod. You can find us on Facebook in our group, Cruel and Unusual colon the group. I tweet. She tweets at Cruel Unusual Pod. 
What else? Oh, go to cruelinkmedia.com. You can see stuff about our books, stuff about our episodes, our source material, our our, Patreon members, Patreon stuff, our merch, all of that. Speaking of you, Patreon members, we love you. Another big shout out to Ben. Thank you, Ben. And thank you to all of our lovely, lovely coven listeners. You know how much we love you. We love you. Do you need to hear it again? I'll tell you. Don't forget, you guys, if you're not taking advantage of all of the different bonus content on there, you should be. (laughs) Because we're doing it especially for you. Mondays, we have a behind-the-scenes convo before the convo special audio recording that only you guys get to hear. Tuesday, you guys get a sneak peek at the episode for Thursday. Wednesday, you get our bloopers. You get our bloopers on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And... Thursday, you get our original research notes. And a lot of times we'll do extra episodes too, Q&As sometimes. Sometimes we'll do our own individual episodes on there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of depends. Yeah, and it depends on your tier too. So go yeah. on there, check out all the tiers. Yeah, look at everything our, and make sure that yeah. you're seeing everything. Our Patreon link is in our link tree that's on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can just like Google Patreon, Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. It'll probably <laughs> pop up. Yeah, or <laughs> if you're on Cruel Link Media on the Patreon page, yeah. there's a button on there too. Click the button. Oh, if you need to email us, you can find our email on the if website. If you need to. If you need to, <laughs> feel free. But our email is cruelandunusualthepod at gmail.com. Is that everything? That's everything. Okay. All right. Obviously, there's going to be a very large portion next week that we are thanking Doug mm-hmm. and the entire Sahal family for just being open yeah and putting this information out there so we can give this information to you so we can hopefully get more word out there about rebecca's case yeah so thank you doug thank you to the entire sahel family obviously there's going to be a lot more information next week please 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 make sure that you listen to the episode next thursday so you can find out what the call to action is how you can help this family get the justice that Rebecca Sahau deserves and learn more about the Crime Door app as well. That's right. Okay. I think that's all right. Yep. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.